Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. Sands. He buried 
buried lovers in each other's arms. That's how he found them in bed. Love and death, one last breath. You know what that undertaker said? Get a little cup. Don't need a 10-gallon bucket. Put a little in a cup. It's half full. Put a little in a bucket. Still empty. Don't need an empty bucket. Get a little cup. Get a little cup. Don't need a 10-gallon bucket. Put a little in a cup. It's half full. for something completely different. Guys, 
was Antonio Andretti from his brand new release, and we got Antonio on the line. Hey, Antonio, how are you doing today? Hello, Richard. Doing well today. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Now, this is the first time you've been on our show, and we always like to start off by giving our fans the opportunity to not only get to know who you are as an artist, but also who are you as a person. And the best way to do that is to look at your journey, how you got to where you are today, both as a musician and as a person. So give us the story of Antonio Andretti. Well, I start off uh, with a birth in a coal region part of Pennsylvania. Centralia, Pennsylvania is the town where I spent my youngest 18 days with my parents. Uh, And I bet there are a lot of similar stories, but mine and my connection with music and enthusiasm for music goes back to the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show. It just looked like fun. And um, I had some cousins, maybe they were my dad's cousins, technically closer to me in age, had some record players. We had a record player in the house as well. Soon I had a couple of Beatle albums. And I started babbling in guitar, and I think in about eighth grade, I, I've been playing ever since. I uh, started out imitating Bob Dylan. And, uh, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's been a hobby, and I think it's grown into a professional hobby, I should call it. But uh, I went off to college and uh, graduated from Penn State in 76, and uh Spent about 38 years working on getting out of college, I think. You know, working in human services uh, field. And I just simply never quit singing and playing and having music there. Uh, Working solo most of my life from about 1992 till 2001. Playing guitar and singing in a uh, dance cover band. And uh, I think a big uh, thing that brought me to where we are today to be saying hello like this is through some artists, Stacey Earl and Mark Stewart, I became fans of theirs, saw them enough times that I ended up asking Mark, what would you suggest, whatever you know about me, to improve my skills and improve my opportunities in music. Mark directed, suggested that I look into and attend a Folk Alliance International Conference and so uh, that was a big thing. That was in 2008, and uh, I've been working more, uh, you know, on music more since 08. Finally got old enough where I can't remember if I quit or got fired or retired, but I left my daytime career behind in 2014. And I have a lot of fun singing and playing, performing, and I have a lot of fun making records. And I'm going to be working on getting... Uh, myself better at interviews. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now, uh, let's talk about the new release. Uh, When you were putting this together, what was your goal? What was the inception for this particular release? Well, uh, when the COVID or the Civil War hit, uh, I, 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 do, I, I do enjoy recording, 
That was about August of 2020. I took myself back to the studio um, and for fun, I was kind of between albums. I had a release in 2020 and earlier in that year, right at the start of, of the COVID changes. And um, so in August 2020, I, I just kept going, you know, periodically and recording covers, covers that I've been including in my live act, uh, covers that I really didn't know yet, but had been wanting to learn. And, and uh, I had only two of my own songs started that were left over from the previous record. Um, somehow I filled some space with a Christmas cover release, a holiday cover release that came out in 2021. And then I continued recording covers for about another year and a half or two. But August of 2022, I had a something that I had written that turned into the song My Reward. It was eight lines, and I, I seemed stumped about where to go with it, where to take it. And when I thought, well, I can make this one a chorus and uh, let the guitar be the narrator, of this song and it opened some things up for me it got my spirit moving i think for writing and so i i uh started and finished um five songs in the next five six seven months um two of them that i started well one of them was pretty done from 2019 and one that just wasn't done yet but um, where it came from, as I just examined, uh, you know, not examined, it didn't take much examining. Uh, I think I'm at the stage of my own life where, where death has moved from being so much a tragedy to more of a trend. Um, mm -hmm. More people are dying around me is what I mean. And uh, so I... Uh, well, you know, um, both my parents passed away in 2020 and then in 2021, my mom and my dad. Um, and again, I'm at the age where there, there are folks that were getting older and a lot of us. Uh, so, I don't know, it's not an intention to be writing, but a number of the songs in the, rec the album My Reward touch on death or dying in one way or another. Uh, not, not all sad either by any means, you know. Um, Well, you know, we were talking about the inception of the album and how it all came about. And, you know, and I also agree with you on that. You know, I'm of a certain age. You know, I'm you know, a child of the 50s. Um, you know, I've, I'm, been, I'm reaching that, that big 7-0. I don't, you know, I look, I go to the grocery store and I look at green bananas with a should I or should I kind of an attitude. Um you know, so, yeah, I definitely understand, you know, the, you get to a certain point in life and your mortality becomes something that, that creeps into your mind. And, you know, as songwriters, musicians, creators, it can't help but uh, establish itself in the art. Yeah. Yeah. Now, well, uh, I, I, go ahead. Again, if I comment on just my reward uh, I, I, I just try with the songs where did the songs come from none of them were a plan the record wasn't going to be a theme about you know age or death or dying or any of that kind of stuff but 
uh, I'm I'm pretty happy to. My reward came from a book that I read called Being Mortal. Uh, I wish I had it here so I could say who wrote that book, but uh, it was encouraging the reader to examine, to be more to be careful about if we in our own lives. A lot of the readers might have been thinking in terms of the lives of their parents when illness or health issues occur. Uh, try to be prepared to make decisions that are, that we want, not that the medical industry wants. It led to just examining, you know, talking about what what do folks want in their lives, uh, and I don't want to say at any age, but the age I'm thinking from, I want to have. It's important to me to have a purpose, and that was brought to my attention that by the book that lots of people, that's what we all want is a purpose, not all of us maybe, but people want purpose in, in their life. So um, I don't know, I just felt like pretty happy and grateful to have arrived at something that sounds kind of simple, but uh, I don't know, sometimes things are right there and you just don't recognize it. Mm-hmm. So the song My Word, I tried to attach purpose to the life of a guitar. What, a, what would a guitar uh, want to have in its life? And I made the guitar narrator for that one. Uh, these are these songs on this record, uh, three of them I brought back from some years ago. Seven of them are brand new. Well, brand new in the last three, four years since the last record. And I'm really happy with, with uh, I don't know if there are breakthroughs in my writing. Um, I've been aware of stories, storytelling, and uh, so I'm excited about the songs, all the songs that make up this record. I'm very excited about the record itself. Okay. Now, um, you know, a lot of songwriters have embraced some of the technology today, whether it's a cell phone for capturing ideas, home recording studio, even some of the um, writing software that's out there like Master Writer and so on and so forth. Um, what are some of the tools you have found to be indispensable to you as a writer? Well, the indispensable to me is whatever I can do to put my ideas on paper. Uh, when I say on paper, I am using a little memo app on my phone uh, for notes, and whichever one is more accessible or easier to get to. Uh, I'm trying to just write thoughts and ideas more and more than ever, uh, knowing how, how they fade. So that's just for getting some, you know, what will turn into lyrics for songs, getting them down, getting a start, having something to refer to. Um, a lot of this stuff, some of these new songs came from notes that I've been making, again, over the last four years, probably. Certainly, since two years since I got this new phone, but uh, I had some things broken down into three-syllable phrases, five-syllable phrases, seven-syllable phrases, uh, you know, as I try to keep meter in, in, in mind when I'm uh, writing lyrics. So other than uh, using written notes and and a note app on, on the phone, over the years, back when I 
uh, it was probably around the late 1990s when I had hoped I would, well, I bought a home recording device, you know, probably an eight track pass cam or something and started dabbling. Uh, my first two records uh, were recorded at my home using that and another machine, but a big, another big step in my life, and this came after learning about folk lines back in 2008, but after two home recordings of original songs, I thought it would be, it was, I wanted to make a record of uh, cover songs that I was performing in, in, in the jobs that I had, a lot of bar restaurant work. And uh, I went into the studio for the first time and it was just a whole new world with quality of what your product would be. And I was never, I never, became skilled at running the equipment in, in the, in, you know, at my home is, was a big part of it. So when it uh, turned out to, um, I was sold on the studio then. Um, that third of eight records, this my reward will be my eighth full length, but the third, that one of cover songs, titled See If You Recognize This One, was a big uh, kind of like breaker opportunity for me in, in spirit. Uh, and I guess in reality, but my cover of a Talking Head song, This Must Be the Place, was used in a movie. Uh, I think the director producer was Salo uh, Palantino. Oh, we should, I should check on that before we say it. Peace out of you, can Richard. But anyway, that, that movie starred Sean Penn and Francis McDormand and uh, David Byrne of Talking Heads was, I think, co-music director. Anyway, um, about 32 seconds of my cover of that song was used in the movie. And uh, it kind of came, I don't know, just, I, I love music, I like singing and playing, and, and I've been able to do it uh, while I had that daytime career. So, uh, I'm kind of lost a little bit again where I left off. I left off with that last with the cover record mm -hmm. I guess oh tools tools yeah that's how we got to the studio and, and tools uh, so I've been uh, using the studio ever since um, I heard your. I think I heard your question about master writer and uh, I did buy and subscribe to that I think back around 2007 um, honestly Rhyming dictionaries, there. I'm always looking for ideas. Uh, sadly, I, I think it's, I don't know that I really have anything that I want to say. Uh, I don't mean it. I don't have things that are important to me, but when it comes to picking and writing songs, working on topics and ideas, they usually come from out the world somewhere more than they come from uh, me. Um, although I'm going to contradict that and say that some of the songs on this new record, My Reward, are as personal, more personal than ever before. Not personal in bad ways, but I've relied on a couple of things from my own life that have uh, been nice to put in songs. Okay. Now, um, one of the big buzzwords in the industry right now is artificial intelligence. And no matter how we may want to rail against it, it's terrible or whatever, 
the fact of the matter is it's here it's going to become more prevalent in our livelihoods in our in our everyday life um and how we interact with not only each other but with the metaverse so to speak um but there are some tools out there that have developed been developed utilizing this technology for the musician, for the songwriter, that help you write lyrics, that help you write melodies, chord progressions, beats, orchestrations, all kinds of things. And, you know, uh, even some of the top writers that are out there, I mean, even Ed Sheeran admitted on Swedish radio that he utilizes these AI technologies lyrically as idea machines, that somewhere within this chafe that, that is generated through these AI lyric uh, writing software, that there are rough diamonds in there. There are ideas. And, you know, we as songwriters, we're constantly listening to conversations, and you see something on social media that, that, that kind of sparks an idea for a song. Uh, what yeah. do you think that the impact is going to be um, with artificial intelligence as we move forward in the music industry? Well, I, I wish I could say that I knew or had definite ideas. Uh, as, I, as I haven't been that skilled with technology in the past, but I'm, you know, uh, there are certain things that sometimes, sometimes you ask the questions and you do want to know more. And so uh, I, I, I woke up on a Sunday to a weekly half-hour news show here one day about back in April, and the, the news personality had a couple of guests on. Artificial intelligence was the topic. So it was the, the first, you know, it's stuff I've heard. Those are words that I've heard. I mean, did I have a vague idea what it could do? Or maybe I did, maybe. But that day they showed some examples, so... All I can say is when that program ended, I was, it was just one of those days where I had time and that was what I wanted to do to learn something in my life. And so I bought an app for my phone that cost 30 or $35, I think. And uh, I, I typed in the words, let's write a song about quitting a job. And like in a minute, 17 seconds, <laughs> first chorus, first chorus, bridge, first chorus. Uh, then I realized I wasn't wanting to just write any song about quitting a job. I want, let's write a funny song about quitting a job. And two seconds, more or less, same, uh, you know, same pattern, first chorus, first chorus, bridge, first chorus. And um, neither was a song that I would be happy to sing if I had written it. I would feel like, well, that's a good start, but you need to improve on that. But it did it. I guess, I don't know, my thoughts are that I don't know how you stop anything. You know what I mean? Once once it's out, it's out. We, uh, as a society or a civilization, have created this, and now it's there for people to use. And uh, I think uh, where I guess, and again, I'm not up on this. I should be asking, <laughs> I'd be better asking you this question, Richard, but I'm thinking that it's getting to be more copyright issue and who who deserves and who owns and and that kind of stuff. And I'm probably not in the thick of things on that. So uh, to me, 
where you know it's like where do you get your ideas uh i, I can't remember who put it out but i have a little book called steel like an artist and there are some big names in there that you know they, they say we all get it from someone else everything that any of us does somebody else did it before we did it in one way or another so uh, i don't have strong i sure don't have strong feelings against the use of it uh and if i could i don't know i don't know enough about it to know whether i'm going to be able to use it or not but okay well that's fair enough now um let's talk a little bit about um uh, getting it out there um once once you get something written and recorded, I mean, you have to get it to, of course, radio and, and you know, to to the press. And you're working with Adam Dawson from Broken Jukebox Media. Tell me about that yeah. relationship. Well, this re- the, the relationship with Adam and I, it, it's almost taken 15 years. If I think of my beginnings with Folk Alliance and still having a date career for six of those years and then adjusting to you know um, working with Adam and a person like Adam is something that I've learned about and through my own I guess you would say development, learning uh, I was at Folk Alliance to learn and I, I learned a lot of things I, I'm happy to say I use a lot of what I have learned what I use a lot of is the songwriting skills, performance skills, uh, recording skills. I probably have not worked, I haven't worked on the business side of the music business to a degree that would probably have served me better if I had. But everybody can't do everything. And so uh, it started out that uh, I, I wouldn't have known where people go to find someone to promote their music to radio or to promote their music to the press, if not through Folk Alliance. Uh, I went to workshops. I would attend workshops on 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 all the topics, whether making a CD, promoting a CD, and that kind of stuff. And it's always a step at a time. And after having uh, I had worked with a couple of other people promoting CDs to radio, um, it, it occurred to me that maybe this was the time to work with a publicist. And uh, I'm happy that, that when I presented that thought to someone whose opinion I respected and was counting on, and uh, it it was a new step and I questioned whether I maybe am I even ready you know am I at the level where this will serve me uh, and now I'm very excited to be working with Adam uh, here you and I are talking and uh, that's kind of a living example of, of uh, a piece of the work that Adam does uh, for artists like me uh, I met him about a year ago uh, May at the Southeast Regional Folk Alliance Conference. I was, by circumstance, introduced to him by a friend who uh, I love her music, R.J. Cowdery is the artist. Uh, and I have a lot of respect for R.J. As, as a musician, as a person. And uh, I, again, I have not yet ever worked with a publicist. 
And uh, I remember that RJ introduced me to someone, let's call it. So it's, it's uh, Archmenius is who I've been worked work with most recently on radio promotion. And I asked, it's Art who I said, Art, do you think I should consider a publicist? And Art said, absolutely, that would help. So um, it turned out that uh, I, I got a list of about 15 names, and I was going to the conference again this year, Southeast Regional Folk Wines, this May, you know, like the next day or two, and uh, Adam's name was on that list. He was the only name I thought I might recognize from 15 names, and so I contacted my friend RJ, and sure enough, that is who she introduced me to last year. And that was enough for when Adam and I talked. Um, I like the things that went on in the discussion between us, and I'm really happy to be working with him, and I'm happy that he is working with me. Uh, I think the record calls for it and deserves it, and it's pretty exciting. Okay. Now, um, let's talk about the industry a little bit. Um, we know that streaming has become the way that consumers consume music. Um, and it's a no-brainer for them. I mean, for 10 15 bucks a month, you get access to pretty much everything that's been recorded in the last 100 years. There's 20,000 new releases coming on to uh, Spotify weekly. So it's an immense amount of content that you have access to. Um, I mean, you could listen to music 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and never within your lifetime get through all the music that's now available to you for that 10, 15 bucks. Um, So, you know, from the consumer's perspective, this is a no-brainer. The problem is, is that recorded music has now lost its status as a product. It's now a service. Uh, If someone goes to look for you and you're not participating, you lose them immediately because you now become irrelevant. Oh, you're not on Spotify. Oh, you must not be real or, you know, there's so much out there. They can just move on to the next artist or the next thing. Um, So you're in this catch 22 because on the other side of that coin, um, streaming is not... Uh, giving the artists the revenue streams that is composite to the um, to their art to their creative process, you know, even just the cost of going into a studio and recording a project, um, the way it is set up now for especially independent artists is they never recoup that investment. That's money gone. You know what I mean. Um, yes, I think you're pretty accurate. Yeah. Now, how has this shift by the consumer, this perception shift, affected you as an artist? Well, um, my recording history started around 1999, my first record, and then... Uh, about 2008 was my second home uh, production. And so I think around 2008, I'm not sure. I'm thinking that's when, around then, is streaming was popular and taking off. So uh, 
I have friends, acquaintances, colleagues who were at different stages of their music careers. I've never had a, a sizable income from records or CDs. So, you know, I just came into this more professional part of my music life at the time when these changes were happening. I, 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 so it hasn't felt like, well, I'm just going to put it in terms of money. I haven't experienced it as a significant monetary loss because I was never making any money from records before. Uh, now my, I, I would say that my hope is that I, my music is heard by as many people as can po I can possibly get it to with whatever resources I have. And uh, you never know when something may happen because of that. I don't mean I'm calling on chance or coincidence, but uh, I'm excited to get my music out there. I'm going to use an example. When when I got that uh, offer to have my cover of This Must Be the Place used in the movie, who would ever have, not me, I would never have expected to, to be hearing from a film company on a day when I came home from working my social services job. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, but it's just sad, you know. I, I feel for my friends and acquaintances, but we all have to change. The world changes. What we have to use, tools change, and and some folks are gonna are already doing it. They're getting it. They're doing very well. There and uh, everything isn't for everybody. So uh, I'm gonna keep making music. Like you know, you maybe you know, you, am I gonna? You, well, you, we already said that. I'm not. I'm not probably unless something big and unexpected happens. I won't recover the investment for making this record. Uh, yet, I haven't ever been more excited about the music. I haven't ever been more excited about the product, the record coming out, and uh, I, I'm kind of grateful to be able to do it. And I uh, hope lots of people will hear it and like it. <laughs> that's one thing that's still missing more. I would like more and more people to hear it. And I hope more and more people may like it, talk about it, and at least listen to it wherever they get it. Okay. Now, you know, um, one of the tools I think that uh, we as indie artists have to kind of get the word out there is the social media world that's out there, you know, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, um, that's where the fan bases are hanging out. Um, and a lot of artists, especially during the pandemic, really have mastered this art of content creation and, and social media marketing where they uh, give their fans this raw, authentic content almost like reality show type content that the fan base really has gravitated towards. Um, yeah. What are some of the things that you are doing utilizing this, this world of content and social media to kind of get the word out to your fans and, and, you know, get the word out on this new release as well as advance your brand. Yeah. Um, 
Well, Richard, I, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm so, I, I forgot what I was kind of going to say first there, but how do I, I guess I could ask myself or in a, in a roundabout way, examine my life and think, well, how did you end up working with people, trying to help other people? And I think it got to be, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to get deeper into my own life than, than is warranted here, but I never felt like I wanted to try and talk another person into buying something from me. And I think I haven't, you know, I, I haven't been able to overcome that. You know, I, I don't, I wish I had a more open mind and I was comfortable pitching myself, pitching my music in all the different ways in media. So I, I kind of just stick to the facts. I uh, post my work on Facebook. I maintain an up-to-date website, uh, you know, regarding touring and, and um, dates that I'm playing. And uh, there are a lot of additional things that I could be doing that I'm not. Uh, I do I do really enjoy the live performances. I'm, I'm probably doing, well, I'm working my way back up after a couple of years of layoff to almost the frequency of, of what I had been doing about, you know, three, four years ago. But uh, that's why I'm working with Adam. You know, uh, that's why I'm working with Adam and grateful to be working with Adam Dawson on this project because uh, I do want word to be out and I'm, I don't think I'm the person that does it effectively. So okay. that's why I'm at. Well, that's, that's fair enough. Well, you know, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking with us. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. And we're going to give everyone out there a double shot from your new release. You guys are going to love this. You know what? Screw the neighbors. We're going to have some fun tonight. Turn it up loud. Richard. Richard, thank you. Are, are, are we getting ready to sign off here now? Yep. phrases the song is my reward 
but it helps to pay the rent. I like when people play me, both on and off the stage. Funny how it makes me happy to hear them talk about my age. My strings are narrow, my wood is wide, vibration and ringing make me come to life.
event, nothing to engage. A mind can change direction just like fingers turn a page. It's not science, it's not religion, it's not a black hole. It's not a pseudo-scientific cult or transmigration of the soul. Memory, it's just a memory. It's not an enemy, it's just a memory. It's history, it's just a memory. It's not an enemy, it's just a just a memory. artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career 
to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. Shout now, honey. I'm gonna 